0: Still going, Tolvara, Mijovski, could this be the moment
1: for Aberdeen, the ten men, Miowski. Hello and welcome to the Video Podcast. This club will one day be the death of me. Uh, Saturday night, Saturday nights, definitely another one of those evenings that's taken a few years off my life expectancy as the Don somehow edged their way past Hibbs in the League Cup semi-final to set up a final clash against the blue half of Glasgow. Um... How we did it, we'll cover that over the next 45 minutes in the company of Martin Ingram. Good evening, Martin.
0: Good evening, Richard. I admire how optimistic you are right at the outset that you are going to keep this within 45 minutes.
1: Um, it will be some serious uh, editorial decisions um, on your <laughs> chat, definitely, based on past <laughs> weeks. Uh, and uh, Martin Clunas is also with us, the slightly more uh, the master of brevity that is Martin Clunas. Huh.
2: Hello, Richard, and uh, all hail Barry Robson's Cup Final Reds.
1: <laughs> quite, quite. So, Cup, cup Football, Martin Angleman, it's about winning, isn't it? Discuss.
0: Yes. Yes, it's absolutely all about winning. It's one of those games, though, and I think we all know these kind of, for want of a better phrase, sliding door moments that... and maybe even thinking back, you know, we're on the subject of League Cup, something like the last time we won the trophy in 2014 um, with an absolutely dire performance against Inverness Cali that um, everybody probably owns the DVD of and no one has ever watched it ever again, <laughs> other than maybe going to check the penalties. Um, now, that victory gave us our first trophy in 19 years. Um, If the penalty shootout goes the other way, um, my goodness, what would our history be looking at like right now? Um, And and this is another game where uh, Barry Robson, as it has now transpired to his credit, made a very deliberate decision to be, um, although early on in the game they were pressing quite high in the match, I think generally speaking it's fair to say they took a pretty conservative approach to the match and and he did explain after the, after the game in post-match interviews, his his feeling was that having had a number of games in quick succession, he didn't feel that he could put a team out to uh, maybe press the game for the full 90 minutes in, in, in the way that he would have liked to. So he made a very strategic decision to um, sit in and, 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 and adopt a low block in situations where we were out of possession, which in no small part, led to the uh, direness of the performance. And you think maybe at the point with 15 minutes to go and Jack McKenzie's just been sent off, uh, or maybe earlier on when Martin Boyle has his goal disallowed, um, that match could so easily have turned the other way. And um, if we had been doing the podcast, because I dare say we might not have been today, um, I think the discussion would have been very firmly in terms of what his future would be as a manager. But now that you've got the right result, you can look back and all of that and think, yeah, that that was absolutely the correct approach to take. We're, we'll we we'll, we'll, we'll never worry about it ever again. We're we're in the cup final. So so to come back to your question, uh, yes, it's all about the result. It's all about winning. We're in the cup final. Um, if if we end up lifting the trophy next month scant uh numbers of dandies will ever remember how poor a performance it was in the semi-final in order to get us there um but yeah thank god they did win because i think if they hadn't with that kind of performance then i think i think the knives may well have been out by now Uh,
1: yeah martin clunas the um manager afterwards was um revealing in his uh, post-match interviews in terms of suggesting that the reason that he adopted the approach he did was because um, he didn't feel he could get the energy out of a team which strikes me as a little bit odd because you know if you control the ball as well as we did at Motherwell surely you lose uh, you use less energy than you do if you're just punting it away uh, 75% of the time it it felt like Wednesday would have been the blueprint. The Motherwell game would have been the blueprint, but instead we we got for large parts of the game a, a repeat of what we'd seen at Rugby Park. It was it was a frustrating afternoon until I suppose until the red card.
2: It was yeah. I mean, look, that first half um, it was was not was not one that probably any of us ever want to ever want to revisit. I mean, uh, Martin talks about the. You know, that 2014 League Cup final. I mean, that first half was probably equally as as bad as you know any 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 minutes you want to pick from that final as well, apart from the penalties. Um, I guess it, it, I thought it was weird coming out and saying that about you know the energy and things like that. Um, because yeah, like you said, the blueprint was there. You no, know, how how we played. Um particularly in that first half against Motherwell, uh, was excellent. And we spoke about that spoke about that already. You no, know, we were we we're so good. And you hope we're you're hoping that we could, we would have gone into the game and been able to do that. Um didn't transpire, you no know, for whatever reason, he you know I I don't think he's probably gonna he's you know, he'll he'll know better than any of us. He sees the players in training. Maybe he felt that they were maybe they were struggling. Um try to get some energy out of them. I guess, you know you know, I don't want to bang on about making changes and things like that. But you know, if a, if you can't, if the guys are you no know, looking short of energy, that's what your squads for. But you know, we we know. I don't want to go into the you no know, talking about you know, the digging into the squad a bit again. Um, but I did think it was curious from him in the in the post match. I mean, look, like you said, you know, it's about results. It you know in the in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But um, you no, know, for what seventy odd minutes you know it wasn't looking 75 minutes you know it wasn't looking it wasn't looking great um and then like you said the red card comes and it seemed to be that the red card comes and it's it's weird when this happens a lot in football not just with aberdeen you've seen it in so many games where where it just seems to like galvanize galvanize the team and then maybe get a kick or they know it unites the players and they just push a bit they can push a bit harder Um, and I thought it was strange because we, you know, we obviously we can see um, we would lose them, Jack McKenzie to the, the second yellow, uh which you know brainless from him um really uh then we score what three, four minutes later, and suddenly, you know, what had been a terrible game for, for us, um, and was looking, you know, when, when McKenzie's going off, you're you're thinking this is you number know, in for maybe just sit in and try and get to get to you know extra time and whatever but instead there we go we you know we score and you no know, it's 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 babies in the air and it's all, it's all joyful and i hadn't seen you no know, i'd been worried before that and then f- from out of nowhere um we're laughing really
1: let's rewind a little bit uh, martin ingram to the um disallowed goal because how did this take so long To the naked eye, as soon as you see the the angle from the side, it's offside. How does it take four minutes to come to that conclusion? I think
0: that the most telling aspect of that is you ask how how could it take so long to come to that decision? And part of the reason why we ask that is that we, from the outside, have absolutely no insight into how they're putting that decision together. you obviously we've spoken about this before. If you if you happen to have been in the ground during that time, you're just spending several minutes with absolutely no clue, other than a Tannoy announcement to say that there's going to be a check for offside, but you have absolutely no idea what's going on, and it's and it's very it's very it's very it's 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 it's, it's very much the same actually on the television coverage as well, um, and I've I've said this before. I don't want to bore people too much by returning to games like rugby and cricket where at the very least on the television you have a very clear process where the the referees and video officials are all miked up and they effectively talk through the process so that it's so you would actually we actually see that decision making being taken like so like in with the cricket world cup you'd be seeing them checking maybe for a wicket if 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 someone stepped over the crease or not, and then they'll move on to whether the snakometer has been picked up or or something. We, we we don't even get that. There's just um some mystical deliberations take place um away from screens or and, and away from audio that nobody is aware of and then at some point Four or five minutes later, you you get you get told a decision. Now now as for the as for the offside technology itself, this is in theory supposed to be the the easiest thing for VAR to be able to deal with because it's an entirely objective decision at the end of the day if something is offside or not. But I think a few people have now started calling into question how 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 are they are they having to manually construct the lines or are they having to draw those lines that go up to the from 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 the ground to connect to people's shoulders. Again, I really don't have any idea, but um...
1: I mean, I know we've got a Fisher Price version of the VAR <laughs> system, but uh, really, 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 and I, I suppose we should be grateful it exists because otherwise we were one nil down, and given our recent record of uh, what happens when we go a goal down, we weren't getting back into that game um, if we go a goal down. So we should be, we should be grateful for it, shouldn't we?
0: Well. <sighs> far be it from me to be a one-eyed supporter um on our very last podcast i was castigating var and that it shouldn't be involved in the game anymore um given that it is involved in the game it has done the one thing that it purports to do which is to uh correct a clear and obvious error on the pitch um but it's gone in our favor on this occasion but to be honest, it still hasn't really dissuaded me in terms of my overall feeling for VAR and how it's deployed in, in Scottish football. Um and you may have touched upon that, Richard, maybe maybe if the, the level of technology or, or the extent to which we were deploying that was maybe um I don't know if it's an aspect of the the quality of the technology that we have to our disposal compared to in other leagues or or the quality of the officials who are administering it, but um, it's not—it's not particularly helpful. And this might be a controversial thing to say, given that we've actually been a direct beneficiary in relation to this. But and and it sounds kind of contradictory, but in in many ways, the fact that you can now get a very—you know—if you—if it—if it does end up being decided right and you draw up all the lines correctly, um, and it donates that somebody is marginally onside or offside. Um, yeah, there's a difference between something which technically speaking and and don't get me wrong, I think once you see it, it's 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 clearer than just the kind of millimeter kind of decisions that you made beforehand. But I always feel there's the the look and feel of 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 a goal and you do wonder that's a, that's a goal that without that technology, I would have said nine out of ten supporters looking at that would have on a gut feeling said, Yeah, he's on and you'd give, you know, he's, or at least he's in line with the defenders and you'd give him the benefit of the doubt. And I, and I do wonder, again, even though we've been beneficiaries this time around, um, I do wonder if that's necessarily in the spirit of how the game's been played for over 100 years before that. But anyway, again, none of that matters. Winning is all that counts. And yeah, and you're absolutely right as well, Richard, that um, that is a key pivotal, pivotal moment for no other or better reason than we have already proven in over, well, where we looking at maybe two years worth of football that the moment that team gets behind, it has a proven track record of not getting itself back out of those holes. So I think most of us watching live and it took a while before it, we even realized it was getting checked. So there was a good 30 seconds there where I think we were all letting that sink in and thinking, oh man, it's going to be another one of those where we we, we haven't turned up. We've played really poorly uh, they've taken advantage of that, and again, we'll we'll thankfully never have to know. But I wouldn't have been holding out a lot of hope that we would have dug ourselves out of that hole because we've shown little to no evidence of being able to do that in recent seasons So,
1: Well keeping yeah. my fingers crossed for a, a swift and uh, fairly uh, short podcast this evening I'm going to stick with you Martin Ingram um, on the Jack McKenzie incident because Martin's already touched on it and with no VAR needed for this one and not that it could interfere on a yellow card anyway but uh, profound stupidity from a man who had been starting to um, turn around a few opinions especially
0: in the circumstances because um and you know for for all that uh it was clear gamesmanship on the part of Lewis Miller but that that must be what you're expecting in any of these encounters is trying to get an edge um there's no doubt that he's given McKenzie a kind of wee shove off the ball after that incident precisely to try and get a rise out of him and to try and get a reaction. And of course, I think, I think I'm right the same as Lewis Miller that got the, the free kick on McKenzie for the first yellow card as well, where McKenzie kind of tries to come across to shield the ball, just overruns it, and then has to tug his shirt back in order for the first yellow card. And OK, that, that's more of an understandable one, where if you let the player get inside of you, then you probably are more willing to take a yellow card to save letting a player get past you and potentially get in on goal but for for that one um, Miller's given him a, a wee mini shove and he's precisely done that to see if he can get a reaction and by god did he get a reaction from him Mackenzie's um, esteemed in shoved him two full arms and again you know fine well the minute that happens he's going to tumble into the ground like a sack of tatties um, and he's left the referee with absolutely no option but to give him a second yellow card and again another of those turning points um if if that result doesn't go our way um i think it was Barry Robson in the post match interview on uh on 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 tv was saying after the match he after after the final whistle he gave him a cuddle but it might have been something else if the result had gone differently absolutely um that that's a potential Career ender. I don't. I don't want to be too dramatic, but the guy who, you know, if you get yourself sent off in the game that denies us getting into the cup final and potentially the ramifications that happen from that, it's, that's a that's a very long shadow to cast over. Again, what what up until that point had been a really really encouraging progression in in his play in the team, and to have thrown that all away in such a moment of madness would have been a tragedy. But again. Um, a a lucky boy that it hasn't ended up costing us um I'll, I'll, i'll i must admit i haven't looked into what the implications are in relation to the the red card because my my understanding was that the 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 Suspensions carry on in the league matches, so I don't know whether that still means he's going to be out for the final or not. No, but, straight, uh, straight least... reds.
1: Straight reds would be the next league match plus the next match in the competition, whereas right. uh, an accumulative red is he's out the final. As far as I'm aware, um, unless there's any. But at least, at least, there's a final sport, for us
0: to miss, though. So.
1: Well, quite rather that than miss the next uh, league cup match next season. Um, we spoke about last week, Martin Klinar. The conversation about whether Barron and Clarkson can play together um, was that definitively answered on Saturday?
2: Um, I think it was, <laughs> wasn't it? I mean, you know, we'd, we'd, no, would would no? There's there's so much ability in those two guys, um, and it would be amazing. No, if you, having them on the pitch together, you know, it should be, it should it should be dynamite. But it just doesn't seem to work. You know, I mean. I think what Baron came off after an hour. Um, you know, the pair of them, the pair of them, just you know, the t- the team doesn't click with those two there. Um, I thought it was a shame because I thought you no know, Pulvara probably would have got the nod anyway over one of them. Um, but you know, again, it shows <laughs> it shows what after nine, nine whatever nine years of this podcast, it still shows what I know. Um, but no, those two, it's just, it's it, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, if he's no, is if he is he going to stick with trying to get them to work together? I don't know. Um, I don't know what kind of what kind of merit there is because we, it does it's not seemed to work. Um, and for an hour on Saturday, it really didn't work. Um, so I just I feel I feel sad because I want I want to see those two guys. I want to see the best of them. Um, and you know, they should be you no know, they should be they should be linking up together and producing dynamite for us. Um, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, you know, it's just not happening.
0: I think a lot of it has to come down to how Barry Robson's trying to have his team play as well, because for that particular game, and it comes back to the the point that was made earlier, that midfield with both Barron and Clarkson playing together should, in theory, work a hell of a lot better if we're trying to play a game when when we're in possession, we're actually trying to hold on to the ball. But given that's not what we were trying to do, basically, we were trying to, you know, get into our fast transitions and, and fast breaks or or humping the ball directly up to Boyan Biovsky to play solo against the three or four nearest Hibs players around him. If you're if you were going to take that approach to the game, then you'd probably have to question why he has paired them together for that particular game, because it seems entirely counter to um how you would want to play and and it's it's not even just a comment in relation to whether baron and Clarkson can play together um add jamie be to that mix as well we've actually got for once a team with so many good technical football players who if we did try and play a possession style of football i think it would actually suit them really well but that is Regardless of the approach that we've been taking, you know whether you're playing with a five at the back in a low block, or or whether we're doing something more adventurous, the one the one thing which is very clear that is that he wants to play this fast-paced, quick transition play rather than holding on to the ball and taking up possession. So so that's that's fine if that's the way. Again, we 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 castigated the Stephen Glass era for long spells about the kind of you know this data dons, you know holding on to the ball for four-fifths of the game, but, you know, immediately conceding a goal the moment we were out of possession and not, not causing any threat at the other end. So it's certainly not to say that possession football is the be-all and the end-all. But you would think that with the number of technically gifted football players that we, we have are available at our disposal, we'd have seen more games where we were trying to hold on to the ball and actually take advantage of that. And I just kind of feel that if that, you know, transition, fast break approaches the way that we'd prefer to play, then I think that is what leans to the assumption that you probably are going to be wanting to have more of the kind of Polvara or Ramadani type players who can get box to box really quickly and, 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 and are maybe better suited to that kind of play rather than, you know, being overloaded with two or three technical players, which which is which is a bit of a shame, but we are where we are.
1: But when we get that right, and we got that right again for the goal, uh, Martin Clunas, on Saturday, we're quite good at it. As we've seen in the European games, uh, Frankfurt away and uh, Pauk at home. Uh, when we do transition quickly from being from stealing the ball, then we can break and we can use the ball very well and we can be super clinical with it because it was an excellent example of a breakaway goal on Saturday that won us the match.
2: Oh, I absolutely was as well. I mean, no, Maiauskis again. You know, we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to rave about this guy while we've still got him, um, because I'm just no, I I'm, I'm just in love with him playing for Aberdeen. To be totally honest with you, I just you know, you say break, break really quickly, get up the pitch. You know, he leaves. I think it's it Dylan Levitt just leaves him leaves him in his dust. Um, can't keep up with him. And, and slots it past the keeper. And and you know, when, when you, ex- you expect that when I suppose you have to expect them to kinda of do have to do that a little bit when you're down to ten anyway, but it was only three, four minutes after the after the red card anyway. But yeah, the get just getting up the pitch, you no, know, you no. Know, and like say, like you say, moving it up at pace um and breaking on teams. And there's you know, teams that don't seem to be able or some teams you no know, the European teams you no know, seem to struggle with it. It certainly struggled with it. Um, and it was just, it was just a great, a great goal again. Um, you know, we saw it against obviously PAOK, um, and now to do it again to get us the the, the winner on Saturday, just brilliant to see Majowski, what a cool finish again. You know, another one of those where, you know, other strikers may have started may have blasted it, maybe hit it earlier, not him, just absolutely, you know, just chilled out, calm as you like, slots it past him, just... He's just such a such a good striker. I'm yeah,
0: going if... to share sorry, I'm going to share a video later on today on social media because I got it sent this is not mine, I got it sent to me by Chris Crichton, and what he's did is he's compiled side by side videos of three of Aberdeen's goals. The equalizer in Gothenburg against Haken, the second goal we scored at home against Pauk, and then the winner against Hibbs and they're all synced together and from the moment that we've won the ball um in our own half, I mean essentially in and around the the, the edge of our own penalty area to the ball hitting the back in the net for each goal is twelve seconds.
1: Yes, which is so, the thrust of uh, Chris's article on the P and J today if you've seen it.
0: But it's quite something when you actually visually see it, and um, so as I say, I will, I will, I will share that on social media later on, so that people can have a look. It is quite something when you when you see it in action, and yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. I mean, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to sound too much as if we shouldn't be playing in that way, um, because in certain situations, and and especially. For I mean, again, the cup final will be a very good example in a in a game where we are likely not going to be seeing the majority of possession. And in a game where we find ourselves a man down and we have to resort to that tactics, it's actually an incredibly effective way of attacking the opposition when they are in a situation where they're coming onto you. And I think basically Hibs at the end of the day have been guilty of just... Maybe yeah,
1: I mean, Hibbs lost a head. Hibs got absolutely frazzled by that red card, saw the potential to put the game to bed and absolutely lost their head. If I was a Hibbs fan, I'd be, well, one, very used to it, but two, so annoyed at my team.
0: Totally. Um, they, you know, the, 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 the chance in the stands afterwards, Hibs are falling apart again. It's absolutely right. That was bizarrely the moment we went to 10 men was the moment that they lost it and for that very reason I think they saw one foot in the door um to get to the cup final and the moment it went against them I mean obviously once once we we get the goal um you know it could it could have been a few at that stage I mean um I'm going to give obviously I'm going to give miowski a hell of a lot of leeway in relation to that because he he was our man in the match it's his effort his goal that gets us into the cup final but my word he could have had a hat trick by the end of that the the second effort with I, I think he was caught in two minds between shipping the goalkeeper and put it across him and then just it just completely... Um, and then, of course, you know whether I don't. Again, I've was spoken about it before that if there was one criticism I had from uh, Mioski's play, for me, does sometimes go down a bit too easily, and I wonder whether he could have rose that rode that challenge for his third opportunity um, and maybe got a shot off. But but by the same token, he was pretty forthright in his post match interview and saying, and I don't doubt it that the effort to basically sprint. Half the length of the pitch in you know, order to get the opener was basically he was saying about the last kind of bit of energy he really had in him. So I would entirely understand if that if by that time you that you know he basically emptied the tank, and I think you could forgive him a bit of uh, uh, slackness later on. He 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 did the job at the end of the day, so no complaints there.
1: And it was surprisingly um, pretty smooth passage until full time, wasn't it? And really expected. A bombardment from Hibs and it never really materialised, Martin Clunes.
2: It didn't, um, and uh, you know, that's what you, you know. You expect that. I mean, if if we were you know, if we, if this was the sort uh, you know, if this was a Hibs co- podcast, we'd be going absolutely raj today because you know they didn't they didn't seem to do anything. You know, you think they would try and exploit the extra man, you know, get on more attacking players, do something, and they, t- they didn't do anything. I mean. You know they've got a manager who's you know a newish manager who's under already under a bit of pressure. You'd think he would try and do something, but you know I'm delighted they didn't because I, it seemed to be that our goal our goal just completely knocked the stuffing out of them. Um, then obviously I mean um, I know it was later on in the game. You know it was the last the last sort of five five ten minutes that Boyle went off as well. Um, he seems to be you no. Know, when they do, when they do have a threat, he seems to be one of the main ones. You know, it just seemed to be they had nothing left, um, and was, which was strange because you would you would think that a team, you know, in a in a, a semi final, well, one of their biggest games of the season would want to do something. And you know, as soon as we went ahead in the game, it was, it was, it was, it, I'm never never comfortable because it's only one nil, but it's as comfortable as you're going to get.
1: Yeah, would have been a lot more comfortable had uh, Boyan managed to put that second away, obviously, (laughs) as much as we're praising him. Um, And yeah, scenes at full time, absolutely emotionally draining Martin Ingram. As I say, this team probably and this season may well be the death of me. Um, But um, a really important moment, I think, um, in terms of the evolution of this side, in terms of what Barry Robson now surely has... Actually, he doesn't, does he? Let's be realistic. We know that the next time there's a dodgy result, then the, the Jungle Drums will be beating again. And obviously, there, there'll be criticism of the quality of the display. But in terms of his goals for this half of the season, um, it's reached the cup final and to stay competitive for third place in the league. Now, we would all have preferred us to play better football in a lot of the games we would all wish that some of the very poor performances haven't taken place but we all knew equally that it was going to be a struggle there was going to have to be a lot of football played in the first six months of the season and um, in making the cup final albeit a very achievable path for any Aberdeen manager to get there it's it's job done isn't it I mean yeah when
0: you've qualified for Europe, it obviously makes the League Cup route the the most obvious uh, route for getting silverware because you're automatically straight into the last sixteen. You're seeded in that round, and so yeah, there there the really aren't many excuses why you shouldn't at least be progressing through to the semi-finals and kicking on for a final. But it's clearly not that easy because that's our first. Cup final in five years, so um we, we we obviously didn't find it that easy the last four seasons in in the League Cup or or indeed the last four or five seasons in the Scottish Cup. So you still you still got to do it, and you have to give Barry Robson and the coaching team and and the squad and the players the their their dues. Um, nobody gives you anything. Um, you still have to turn up and get the results yourselves, regardless of uh, how convincing the performances are or not. So yeah, reflecting back, I mean, again, the 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 one thing that Barry Robson had going for him coming into this season, which neither Goodwin nor Glass had, is a, a tangible result from the previous season to be able to hold on to. So the very fact that we're having this European run is entirely attributable to the fact that we managed to f- claw our way back from virtually nowhere last January to get securing third spot so regardless of how well and again i think generally speaking the results have definitely not gone away in europe but more more often than not i think the the only performance that i think you could really badly question is probably the way that we set out in the in the second leg against hacken um Pike was obviously an incredibly disappointing and frustrating game, but only because we had done so well in the match and had gotten ourselves into a position where we're 2-0 up with, you know, 20 minutes to go and realistically should have gone on and won that game. So that in of itself is a great testament to how well we've been playing in Europe. Um and so that then leaves the League Cup, which we're in the final of. You can't you can't do any better at this stage than reaching the final. Um and there's obviously mitigating factors in relation to where we are in the league because um hearts had that experience last season we're, we're having that now that the difficulties of and and, and again the, the going back to some of the post-match interviews um uh there was a, a a long bit of graham shinny's interview where he he went back repeatedly to the uh not just the the physical but the 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 emotional baggage of Going through those kind of repeated games, and he he, that's clearly still eating him up. The pout games he referred to that about three separate times, and not even getting prompted on it. Where you know you have that you you put in that performance, and then you you know so you've you've not only put in kind of ninety odd minutes of hard graft, but then to be completely deflated at the end of it by, you know, completely avoidable goals. And I think sometimes we we don't necessarily give players the credit they're in terms of they're human beings who would have been even more crestfallen than, than, than the supporters. I mean, you know, they they would have loved to have gotten a result like that um, on the Thursday night. Um, and I think we maybe do underestimate just how difficult it is, not necessarily in relation to whether how leggy or not you are, but just mentally to, to, to go again. But that's, that's the demands of the club now that if you're wanting to get yourself in a situation where you're playing European football, you know, into the group stages and beyond, and, and you're going to have those multiple fixtures. That that's, you know, the 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 kind of situation that I'm sure they they would have all, and all did, you know, choose to to, to go for in a heartbeat, given the opportunity. So, um, clearly, a lot has been learned by a group of players that, who the most the most of whom have haven't been through anything like this before. And it maybe is just a measure of the fact that we did get a result on 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 Saturday that that that's maybe just the first sign of, you know, a team that actually kind of said, yeah, regardless of how many away games, you know, two away games in the back of European games, in in spite of all that, we've just got to dig in and get a result. And, uh, you know by far the most even though the performance was really poor for huge spells the one thing I was incredibly pleased with was the level of grit and determination that was shown by the majority of the players all the way throughout and you can look back to a number of those examples at the very beginning of the game Connor Barron I mean um, Martin spoke about the, the lack of effort from Dylan Levitt in trying to trap back for Miovsky's goal at the very beginning. Conor Barron busting a gut to get in in in, in front of a ball and clear it over the bar. Nicky Devlin literally throwing his body in the line to get some kind of deflection away from the goal. Um, in the first half, my, my favourite was uh a, a chance early in the first half that fell to Tavares uh Stefan Gartman gets himself in front of it and blocks it. And after the after the after the, the block, he gives a little kind of fist pump you know and we, i think i think we've spoken about that beforehand i love the fact that a lot of these players not only are willing to put the effort in to really bust a gut and and, and make that effort but you know it really means something to them they they, they want to be those kind of players and making those efforts and i think that that if even if the performance isn't on point i don't think there was any any criticism you could have really leveled for the for the the, the application and determination and i think that I think that's both volumes a team that was sick and fed up of putting in a lot of effort just to not get a result. I, I was really impressed with that.
1: Yeah, Martin. Please. Desire and determination will take you a long way if sometimes the uh, skill levels are letting you down somewhat.
2: Yeah, well, especially you no. Know, I mean, I know I know, I, was, I know it was a cup game, but in the this league, you know, against teams like, teams like Hibs and that, you know, if you can if you can dig in and make the, make a lot of effort. You know, there, there. We've seen a lot of games, not just involving Aberdeen this season, where there's been, you know, it's been. Let's be honest, fairly crap games in the league. But you know, back one, one bit of quality in the game is enough to get you through. And really, that's you know, that's pretty much what we saw. What we saw on Saturday. So you know, um, it's not what it's not what I would you know like to see every week. Obviously, you know, I'd like to see a lot no, no, a little bit nicer football and all that kind of stuff. But um sometimes you know if you have to if you just have to if you have to dig in if you know if the performance isn't going to be there if you have to dig in and then just w- t- wait for your opportunity then sometimes that's what has to happen and you know I would like would like to pay and pay watch it every week
1: well do you think that's what's going to happen on Thursday do you think it's going to be another 90 minutes where we barely get out of a half um do you think we'll be able to employ the Swift transition, as we've done when we went to Germany earlier this season in our first away match in the group stages, or indeed for the goal on Saturday. Uh, in short, are we going to get humiliated?
2: No, we're not going to get humiliated, but it is going to be it is going to be basically a repeat of what we saw at Frankfurt away. I think you know, um, you know, we're going to have to probably have to, um, you know, suffer a little bit. Um, you no, know, maybe sit back, defend to defend with our lives, if you want, if you want that way, you know, to stem. Um, but we're, we're, I mean, I'm, I'm confident we won't won't get humiliated. Um, but this well? Did that mob are a, a good side? Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to have any idea what you know what starting eleven they're going to put out. I know they had a good result at the weekend, but um, we are we're going to have to gonna have to take a little bit of pain i think at least for the at least early in the game and particularly for the first half
1: yeah slightly more just a good result at the weekend 4-0 over olympiakos away from home um which is a pretty stunning result um there's clearly got to be a consideration of the quality that park have um martin ingram when do we express ourselves so how do we express ourselves against an opponent like that is it Purely going to be about desire and determination, or in a match where we're so heavily outgunned, are we going to bring any quality to the table?
0: There's still an opportunity to bring quality to the table, but we've got to be pretty realistic that uh, Pauke are going to be the team setting the table in terms of the, the 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 way that the game is going to to play. I think you know you could see they were very, very capable even at Potaudry, even though we played well enough at home to put ourselves in a position to actually get a a positive result out of that, but away from home I mean, again, you'd only have to look to the two results um, that Hearts had Um, I I imagine they will be very similar uh, levels being displayed by the opponents there where you know, at at Time Castle they find themselves down to goal early but manage to, you know, get themselves together and push through and get a result. Whereas in Greece, they completely brushed hearts aside. So, um, if we think we're going to be able to go out there and, you know, dictate terms, I think that's going to be just horrifically naive. So, in those types of circumstances where we're playing away from home in what undoubtedly will be a, quite a hostile atmosphere um, against a team that this is, you know, this isn't their first time round the, the, the European circuit, they will be very accomplished at this. And as you say, um, not many teams are knocking over Olympiakos four goals to nil. So I think we'll have to be very, very realistic at that. I'm less enthusiastic about us taking an approach of sitting sitting behind the ball and uh, playing the low block for 90 minutes when it's Hibs on a neutral venue. I think I'm far more realistic to know that may well just be what is called for away from home against Pauk. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's still opportunities to be able to show quality. And in fact, that's the one thing that we've actually been really good at doing in Europe is that in spite of... Having to weather an awful lot of pressure against teams like Hacken and Frankfurt, we we have shown that ability that when we get on the ball, we can we can do them some damage. And again, I think it's that importance about having that right attitude that when we do get the opportunity in possession, we we have demonstrated we can be really clinical in possession and um, and, and, and 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 moving forward quickly in order to get ourselves those opportunities. So I, you know, if it's not broke, why why fix it? I think for that type of occasion. That's exactly the way we should be approaching. it.
1: And more pertinently, pertinently, Martin Clunes, am I going to get stabbed in Thessaloniki?
2: You just, you, Richard, you just, you just be sensible. Look, I know, I know you like like wearing your red and white tammy um, and and waving your flag, but I would just, if you be, sen- if you be, if you be sensible, because let's be honest, right, Richard, out of the three of us on this podcast, you are the you are the the crazy out of line one. So you're the one who needs to you're the one who needs to calm down and be be a little more level headed like me and Martin, and if you do that, you should be fine.
1: Okay, thanks for that pep talk. Uh, I'll try <laughs> and keep you safe. Um, so that's Thursday, and then on Sunday we'll just briefly discuss the fact that we go to Parkhead on Sunday, um, probably a, a, a level roundabout poke maybe slightly beneath puke, Champions League, obviously by default winning the Scottish League. Um, arguable who would be the better team out of those two but another very difficult away game and on the back of Thursday night doubly so Martin Ingram
0: Yeah the the only thing kind of coming back to that result that we had because again we're talking about how significant the Hibs result is and that's absolutely right but I wouldn't downplay how important that win at a Park was beforehand because again that's at least pushed us to a semblance of respectability in the league back into the top six only just, I would have said, because you've got to be fair, we, we didn't get the opportunity to play the home game against Dundee and that would have completed our first set of 11. Um, and while I wouldn't have taken that for granted, I'd I, I suggested we could have been further up the league had we beaten St. Johnston at home and we couldn't manage that. So there's no reason to assume we'd beat Dundee under the same circumstances. But we'd have, we'd have gone in there as a pretty strong favourite. So 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 had they won that game, you could have been looking at 15 points for the first 11 games in the season and i always have that in my own memory that that i always remember jimmy Caldwood, that was his internal target was to get 15 points from from a set of 11 games um i'm not i'm by no means saying that's what we should be aspiring to but if we got to 15 points in the first 11 games having also yeah, had a, we'll you know the top a pretty six.
1: Head- hey hey yeah. we'll the top so, six. jimmy calderwood trophy is alive think- and kicking
0: I I I think I think we have covered that territory quite comprehensively in the past. But what I would say is, it's one thing doing that when that's the only competition you're playing in. I think I think there would have been an element of ex- I, I, I don't want to say acceptability either, but you know, you you take that under the circumstances because, as I say, it keeps you in well in the mix for uh, a European spot, and while take nothing away from St Mirren. they have absolutely capitalized on the exploits of ourselves and, and maybe to a lesser extent hearts and hibs in, in, in Europe but regardless of that basically although St Mirren are a wee bit further away from us we're really right in there with the mix where again you know you know we, we've actually even with a European uh, uh, set of fixtures, we're doing better than what Hibs are, which maybe isn't, again, really isn't saying much, but um, again, Hearts aren't necessarily that far away from us, so um, it's it's satisfactory. It's not it's not where we'd aspire to be at this stage in the season, but it's satisfactory. But, but coming back to my point, had we not beat Motherwell, and we're now on nine or ten points, and we now have to go to Parkhead, um, you could have been looking at a, quite an uncomfortable Uh, international break there, where again, you know, obviously we all aspire to getting a result uh, at the weekend, but again um, they are yeah, are they as good as Pauk? They're probably not, I think Pauk, I'd probably maybe have Pauk slightly better, but again, it's obviously a team of that standard, and we'll have just come back from a trip to Greece um, and then coming back for that game, so again, I don't think I don't think many dandies will be looking at that with a, a huge amount of confidence that we're going to get anything out of that. And if we'd still been sitting on nine or 10 points at that stage, and especially if we hadn't progressed in the League Cup, I think there would have been a lot of uh, unquiet amongst the tons ranks at that stage. But I think at the very least, that combination of, the you know, getting probably the bare minimum number of points you would have wanted from the team in the league and also knowing we've got a trip to Hamden again in December, I, I think that will be good enough. The the only thing I would say though is in spite of how well Celtic have played domestically as compared to any of the other teams in our league, and I really don't mean this to sound too disparaging, but you're looking at a defence which has currently got Liam Scales at centre half. And I don't think while, you know, a number of us would have Potentially, be very happy seeing Liam Scales come back. I don't think anyone was seeing him in the kind of you know, mould of one of the great centre centre backs of our age and a guy who was completely indispensable. So, you know, Liam Scales, Greg Taylor, at left back. They're good. They're good players, but I've always felt that as as good technically as some of their players further further up the field are, I've always felt that they're gettable at the back with with maybe one or two seasons exceptions maybe you know at the time of you know Virgil van Dijk Derek Boyata I think you know that that was maybe a bit more of a comparable defensive setup um but for many many seasons now I've always thought they were very gettable at the back so again I think if you go into it with the right attitude don't 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 lose the game early don't you know try try to avoid getting absolutely hammered out of the contest by half time And I think there's always opportunities to to take advantage of them at the other end of the park. So
1: you never know. Martin Clarence, just come back to the the idea of the league position. We're actually going to be By that League Cup final, we're going to be three league games down to to a lot of the rest of the league, which will, again, increase the pressure, I think, because, you know, other teams will have points on the board. We may or may not. I mean, there's home games against Dundee and Livingston, um, which um, have already been cancelled. And I think it's away at St Johnston, which... uh, is to go as a result of the league cup final games, which on paper you'd be thinking were good opportunities for Don's picking up points. So, so that's again going to add a bit of pressure because the league position may or may not be slightly false as a result of not having played those games.
2: It will do, but I mean, I think you know we just have to be, you know, we just have to be sensible at that. You know, the, the games aren't going to get rescheduled until um, after the January break, and then. We're gonna be playing, you know, Wednesday, probably Wednesday, Wednesday, Saturday or whatever. Um for a, f- a few a few extra weeks as well. Um just on for it just is what it is, you know. If you get to semi-finals and cup finals, that's what happens. You can't do anything about the obviously the postponement for the bad weather. Um I must say that I am I'm absolutely I'm absolutely devastated at the thought of you no know, not being able to you no, know, not being able to welcome in Christmas Having watched um, Aberdeen trying to break down a session of Levine ball, um, so yeah, I'd much rather be a I'd much rather be a cup final for than that.
1: I'd hold your horses because obviously there's a spare midweek after the League Cup final, so it could be the twentieth, uh, uh, Wednesday the twentieth that we're um, that we face in Johnston. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out right it not oh, happening before Christmas. Please God, no. Um, after that, well, I mean obviously there's a the winter break in January. Um, you, there are some free midweeks as you as you get back to action in January right after the Scottish Cup fourth round. Um let's hope we navigate our way past that one. Um but again there's you know, there's a um good diet of league games midweek as well in the first couple of months of next year, so we could be could be hanging on to those games right to uh, right to the death. We might uh, might be needing one of them, Martin, to get to Jimmy Calderwood's magical forty five point figure.
0: Yeah um, I I did <laughs>
1: That's our podcast for this week, on the week that uh, Aberdeen made it to their first cup final in five years, not in itself, obviously, a measure of success, but definitely the stages that this club needs to be operating at and showcasing themselves at um, let's hope, for a noisy, loud and ultimately happy. Don support at Hampden um, on the 17th of December. Um, my thanks tonight to Martin Clunas, Thanks, Martin. Cheers, Richard. To Martin Ingram. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Uh, we'll be back uh, next Sunday looking back at the away ties in Greece and in Glasgow. Until then, come on, you Reds.